0: The Assassin's Creed movie. Let, I guess let's just do this, right? Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to, oh no, I just realized this is, we have to dedicate episode 25 to this.
1: It hadn't sunk in for me that that was what we had to do
0: <laughs> Episode 25 of the Making Fun Podcast My name is Casey Johnson and alongside me, as always My lifelong friend, my favorite bird And uh, somebody who I am now blood brothers with Having watched the Assassin's <laughs> Creed movie together At Ravy Baby TV, Raven Stapmiller. Ugh, Hi so like
1: Casey you know me you you know me Casey you know I don't have opinions on things nine times out of ten and whenever I start an episode about one singular topic with a big sigh you know that we're all gonna be in for a treat today
0: yeah we are in for a treat today um so for those of you that didn't watch the last episode or didn't listen to the last episode, <laughs> congrats! <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. You have dodged a bullet. Um. So the last episode of the actual Making Fun podcast proper was a watch along of um Assassin's Creed. The movie, the 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 movieization, um, the filmation, and um, uh, Ra- Raven. Who who was it that suggested we do something about the movie again?
1: Um, who's my my uh, my dear and loyal friend Frank?
0: Okay, let Frank know that he's dead to me.
1: Frank is listening to this episode, so he's probably very upset right now.
0: Frank, I, I've you know I've never met you. Um, I I assume you're a good person. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you've got to make a business decision, and unfortunately, you're dead to me.
1: It's nothing personal, mostly.
0: It's nothing nothing personal for the most part, almost. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> except you made me watch this movie, so it's entirely personal.
0: Raven, how have you been, man? <sighs> you know.
1: I, at first, I've had a good week uh, since we last recorded. It's only been a couple of days since we've had to reshuffle some things due to world events and reschedules and whatnot. Um, so outside of that, I've been I've been okay. I think I had a chance to sit down and play video games for the first time this weekend in a while,
0: and it was oh, nice. Oh man!
1: I started playing Valhalla again. I know we're not going to get mm. into what we've been playing today, but I have been playing Valhalla again. So next week, people will get to hear how I'm feeling about it.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. You know, Raven, I will say this. The past couple of days, I have been living every gamer's dream. Oh. So I mentioned a couple of weeks ago now that I got Nia a Switch Mm -hmm. for her birthday. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I got it for her, right, is that eventually she's going to move away again whether it be to graduate school or whatever originally uh, when she was going to be moving to Germany I wanted to get her a switch before she went to Germany because it's not region locked in any way and I wanted us to be able to still have that connection of being able to play online together while she was gone Mm -hmm. and then she was like I think I'm going to go to Germany. And so I was like, alright, so let's reshuffle those plans. <laughs> uh, but then I got to thinking, like, you know what, I am going to get her a Switch. Um, so I got her a Switch along with what I firmly believe is a really good starter pack Kay. of games for the Switch. Now, you also have to keep in mind she's not... The type of ver- the type of person that like bayonetta as good as it may be.
1: Right, no, she's, she's she's not nope. on that level yet. Got it. Got to work her into it.
0: Um. So I got her. First things first. The only three that I actually have copies up. I got her her own copy of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Um, I got her her own copy of Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Yeah. Because uh, that's only available for so long. And Damn I wanted to make sure that she had that. And then I also got her a copy of Minecraft. Um, okay. I know that Minecraft is, like, really meme mm-hmm. But, like, I think she's legitimately really going to get into Minecraft.
1: Oh, I I just got done playing. I, uh, I I even talked about it on the episode for like a couple of weeks. There, I was playing almost at least two or three times a week with some friends online. I've been itching to yeah. go back and playing by myself just because Minecraft is just fun.
0: Well, well, we will all um, be friends on on the Switch, and you and we will all play Minecraft together. Maybe, maybe, because um, I'd like. I don't know I just get this feeling that like once she gets past the whole it dropped me in a field what do I do yeah aspect of it she's gonna be really into it
1: has she Um, she started following Minecraft rule zero yet
0: I mean she hasn't opened the application
1: oh okay well she needs to make sure that she needs to follow rule zero uh, before you Obviously. launch the game, you need to make sure you launch Minecraft Wikipedia, so you know what the heck you're doing.
0: Yeah. Although luckily we're going to be playing together.
1: Okay, that's not too bad then.
0: So I'm I'm gonna explain it in in Nia terms. Um, past that, I got her a bunch of games that I already didn't have, so it kind of works both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I got her and this will come as a surprise to nobody this is the incumbent this is what you need to get for somebody animal crossing right um obviously cuz i i've been i've long said that this was going that animal crossing was going to be my way that i make her a gamer mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's uh, cuz i'm going to go from like animal crossing to like m- you should try this game it's called harvest moon and then from there
1: Make sure she gets the older Harvest Moons Or even better yet just get her Stardew Valley Yeah um, or, So
0: then yeah. I got her uh, Link's Awakening Yep Um, Very first game and, we beat all by herself mm, And I got her Luigi's Mansion 3 Nice Um, And she has Been playing The crap out of Luigi's Mansion 3 for the last <laughs> couple of days. That's cool. And it's like she usually like at night she'll take a bath a couple of hours before we're supposed to go to bed and she'll come out of the bath and she'll be like what do you want to watch? Um, and last night she came out of the bath she was like I don't think I want to watch anything. Is it okay if I just play on my Switch? And I'm like, yes, that's okay, and let's have sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you don't want to do that. You'll
1: distract her from her Switch.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but I'm like, yes, this is everything that I wanted. And like she started to ask about other aspects of gaming. and But I will say, man, she said one thing that really resonated with me. And it was just a little throwaway comment, but I I think it'll kind of have the same little, like, thumping of the chest moment with you that it had with me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, man, this just, like, I haven't felt this, like, pure enjoyment and happiness since I had my DS when I was a kid. Aww. And I'm like, yeah, because that's the beautiful thing about games yep. is that the childlike enjoyment that you get from playing games, as it turns out, is not childlike. Right. It's just the enjoyment that you get from playing games. And like she had this cute little moment last night where she was having trouble uh with a boss battle and i was like now keep going keep going it's, it's all right every time you learn a little bit more and she started like learning his patterns mm-hmm. and learning how to attack it and learning what she needed to do at what time and then finally she ended up beating it and she was like yes and i'm like dude that's gaming right there yeah. that's that's yeah. what you do So it's it's been a a really cool few days. uh, But I also have been playing a game that I legitimately cannot wait to talk about that. And I will talk about it a week from today.
1: Very exciting. Looking forward to that.
0: Oh, my goodness. What a... Oh, my God, what an experience this has been. But I'll talk to you about that in a couple of days. Today, I think I've stalled all that I can. No.
1: No. Uh, I was so filled with joy and happiness of hearing Nia become a gamer and then reminiscing about how I turned Emily into a gamer. Mm -hmm. And now we have to talk about the travesty that is the Assassin's Creed movie.
0: My first issue with this movie comes in its very premise. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's many tendrils as well, unfortunately. But for one, in 2016, they were like, you know what? Here's the thing is that people are getting tired of the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, In particular, they're really getting tired of... The modern day. People are losing interest in the modern day storyline. Yeah, this movie is going to be that.
1: It's going to be 85% modern day and then 15% of what they actually care about. Like, why? Why is that the thing they chose on? Like, as a premise builder, like, I can get it but for it to be a majority of the movie is explaining the games, just, I don't think from any angle is good. Because, like, from the people who played the games, we're like, yeah, we know all of this. And then from people who haven't played the game, this movie doesn't give you enough time to digest all of that and then show you why mm-hmm. the games are fun and interesting.
0: Uh, and then, like, aside from the fact that the world was not explained well. The no. universe was not explained well. The concept of assassins and Templars was not explained well. It was barely explained.
1: They they had Templar mentions. I don't think they ever actually said the word Templar until like the latter half of the movie. I could be mistaken about that. But it was always, we're the assassins and they're Abstergo. I don't think they ever specified the Templars by name, which was...
0: More, more so we're Abstergo and they're the assassins, which is another issue that I have with this movie mm-hmm. is that for eighty percent of the movie the assassins were portrayed as the enemy. Yeah.
1: For for it was for eighty percent of the movie until a random MacGuffin scene where it was just like, mm-hmm. Oh, your mom is dead, but you can talk to her, that's okay. You're in the animus, but that means you can talk to ghosts. Like, what the fuck? Like, that, I I distinctly remember being so angry on our recording about that. And, like, not going into enough detail about why I hated that scene in particular. But I hated, uh, I hated it. Because we're like, yeah, we're learning about Cal. Cal isn't a good guy. That's kind of an interesting twist. I wonder, oh, oh, he's not, oh, oh. Oh, he's talking to his dead mom. I'm still also upset that they didn't tell us it was his dad who killed her until the end of the movie. Until like two thirds of the way through it. Yep. And because I remember we talked about that multiple times about who actually killed her.
0: They didn't make it clear. I feel like they were supposed to make it clear
1: like his dad was there and whenever I first saw it I was like oh the templars came and killed her now they're going to come back and kill them
0: Mm-mm.
1: um and so that's why his dad is there in his assassin's gear but no it was just it was for the good of the assassin's order and she killed or he killed her by her own hand it was just mm. before we get too off the rails here i feel like we should have some sort of um structure on how we shit shit talk this movie uh, where okay. where where should we should we just start from the beginning and just go through it or should we uh, what do you think yeah
0: yeah okay so he here's here's what I'll do mm-hmm. um I'm going to pull up a synopsis of the movie yes and I'm going to read through it uh-huh. um and we're just gonna pick it apart piece by piece. Uh, while I'm pulling that up, I want you to think of one thing in the movie that you did not like and rant about it until I have this pulled up.
1: Okay, so we're going back to the ghost scene, right? We had spent this entire buildup talking about Cal joining the Templars and going back on the assassins because his dad had killed his mother. And then all of these people in his life killed, his, like, the, the assassins to him are bad. So we do all this buildup. He's working with the Templars. He shows them where the apple is. And then, bam, all of a sudden, come to Jesus moment, he's fine. And then the rest of the assassins are just like, yeah, whatever, that's cool. You can join us now. Definitely not going to get double-crossed again. Like, how does that make any reasonable sense? Also, the Animus was broken. How the fuck was he talking to his mom? How could other people see that? Also, why was the Templar girl in there with those assassins? Are we supposed to believe she's actually a good guy? Like, what the... (sighs) Should I keep going?
0: Yeah, no, we're, I, I got it.
1: Okay. I, I was like, yeah. I can keep going, but I'm going to start raising my voice, and it's just it's going <laughs> to get ugly.
0: <laughs> and to think this is what Ubisoft gave us for Christmas in 2016.
1: Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, okay. So we can start off before the synopsis by talking about the year this movie is held in and how it brings no good plot reasoning to anything else that happens in the games. Because as we know, the entire Desmond trilogy is set up in right before 2012 because it's all supposed to happen around the year around 2012. And like the whole fact that the world is supposed to end back then, which is something I forgot happened theoretically. And so we're in 2016, which is fine or whatever. And they keep talking about assassin stuff like they don't know all this information that they had gotten from Desmond and the rest of the subjects at their stay with Abstergo.
0: Particularly in the beginning, we get the splash screen that says, uh, first, forever the assassins and the Templars have been at war. They are fighting over the apple of Eden, which this being a video game podcast, we know that like there's some fundamental f- plot inconsistencies in that sentence. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, it was like in the Ezio trilogy that we found out that there are a bunch of apples. hmm And there's, like, apples all over the world. Yet, for some reason, in this game, or in this movie, which takes place in the same universe, universe as the games, yeah. and is supposed to be canon... We,
1: we're we're told to suspend our disbelief and then make and then be like, yeah, there's only the one, even though that we know there's one in North America, and, and there's one in Italy. There's there's one that's been in North America since the since before the Vikings went there, and there's been one in Venice for all time with the Pope. Like how, even just those two instances. And to be fair, well, no, not even to be fair. Assassin's Creed Three showed us that there was an apple in another place. There was an apple in the US, and there was an apple in Italy. That were completely different from one another. So by that logic alone we should know that there are multiple apples.
0: Well I mean even that throughout the Ezio trilogy there are multiple apples yeah. that like Ezio hides. Right. I had I I forgot. <laughs> yeah, no, like Revelations is a different apple.
1: <sighs> yeah forgot about that and so like yeah because uh, at the end of Brotherhood Ezio hides the original apple that he had found because he's in because he's in a completely different part of the world during
0: Revelations and he hides a different apple so there are two there and sure I'll, yeah man I'll th- I'll do you one better Altair hides the apple from the first game at the end of Revelations and Ezio has it and then decides that it should stay hidden yeah is how that worked oh my aside God. from the yeah so and then like by this point the templars have had the apple lost the apple had multiple apples had the apples stolen from them and besides the fact that in the games now we've moved past that and we're at like the shroud of turin and like sages and all of this stuff and they're like it is all about the apples so, like is it at this point is it no
1: it, it's all about the end like okay we should give a little bit of credit i'm sure that this movie script was being written before 2016 and i wouldn't be surprised if the initial draftings weren't before we had seen revelations or even brotherhood this has been something that's been worked on for a while um but that doesn't like have been looking for apple's It's just one letter on that screen, and then you just go... The
0: script was rewritten in 2014.
1: Okay, never mind. Uh, There is literally zero excuse. This Um, was a rewrite? I don't want to know what the original was. mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So... I, I do want to say let, okay. Let's say a couple of good things here. The cast is fantastic. Yeah, and not only that, the movie is well acted.
1: Yes, I will. I will say that the actors, given what they had, given the script they received, did a well. Did a good job, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean Michael Fassbender is in this. Jeremy Irons, Madeye Moody. Uh, like there are several where like there in the beginning we were like. Oh my god, there's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Um including the weirdest Alfred, but that's a completely different movie rant. Ah. <laughs> uh, I just like Okay, so that that's where we're at. So this is all all everything that we just did is pre-movie.
1: Right. <laughs> is is world building, quote unquote. In
0: 1492 Andalusia, during the Granada War, Aguilar de Nerha is accepted into the Assassin's Brotherhood. He is assigned to protect Prince Ahmed de Granada from the Knights Templar. Okay. So that okay, so we're we're two sentences in and already Raven has issues because oh, by the way, apparently at some point the Animus has lost the ability to live translate.
1: Yeah. Um What? (laughs) So, so it could have very well been the way that I was watching this movie, but it was so weird that I had subtitles during the English portion, but not during the Spanish portions. So I had no idea what was going on. So I was watching it purely for like composition, which is good because most of the time that we were in the animus, it just was kind of like action anyway, which was nice. Uh, another but not thing, in the beginning. Not in the beginning. There was a lot of lore that I had to just let you live translate for me. The craziest part about it is that they they talk specifically later in the movie about live translating during the Animus, and they don't do it. They don't live translate like we see in the games. And like I get there's a slight suspension of disbelief, and it would be disingenuous of them to not... What they should have done has been like, has had it play in Spanish, be like, oh, sorry... To make it a little bit easier for everybody to follow along and understand we're going to live translate it. Boop, boop, boop. They're speaking English now.
0: Yeah. Our, I simple. mean, aside from that, like this beginning scene have it in Spanish in the subtitles because we are not in the animus. As soon as they put him in the animus, he's like, wait, you're sending me back to Spain. Like, how are you going to understand? He'll, oh, it 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 live translates. Yeah. Why wasn't it live translating for us? Ugh. OK. Yeah. So, yes. that I think that would have been the better way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1986, adolescent Callum Cal Lynch uh, finds his mother killed by his father, Joseph, a modern-day assassin. Uh, gunmen, led by Alan Riken, CEO of the Templars Abstergo Foundation, arrive to capture Joseph, who convinces his son to escape. Um, I think that is stating what happened there in a lot more certain terms uh, than we actually experienced them yeah um we we saw we saw
1: young cal try to make a sick ramp jump he didn't make it never got an opportunity to make another sick ramp jump by the way mind you (laughs) when they show a failure like that at the beginning of the movie they usually show the end of the movie he succeeds on it so we should have seen like him assassinated and then get away on motorcycles and like do a cool hop so that way we could have seen him evolve as a person. But no, they just left it hanging there. I forgot that happened until just now. Um, so we see Cal ride his bicycle back home, and then there's just some dude sitting outside of his house, just vibing or whatever, and then he walks inside and his mom's dead through the heart, and his dad's standing there, apparently had done it. And then literally dozens of cars come to try and grab the dad and, like, take him away or whatever.
0: I forgot There's just some dude outside. The
1: dude. I just... Do- <laughs> It's just vibing. What happened to him? Nobody I really knows. want to see the deleted scene where it's the guy who sees the cars coming and he like stands up and awkwardly shuffles away. Because <laughs> like. <sighs> OK. And then we All see. Right. And then we his dad says something like run and never be run, found or go. something. Live in
0: the shadows. Live
1: in the shadows. Right. He's 12. Who? Why not run away with him? Why wait? Like, yeah, there's a bunch of cars outside, but like you knew this was coming. Why didn't you prepare?
0: In 2016, Cal is sentenced to death for murdering a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: still wish that we hadn't had looked that up. Uh because I, I would have cried whenever they had said you're on you're on you have life for killing a pimp. I, no, no, I would no, have no, not act- live.
0: he's sentenced to, to death, lethal injection
1: for just killing a pimp, which is the funniest thing. And that's like that was one of the first moments I was like, oh, Cal's not a great person because they're because his response to like the allegation because the doctor brings it up later whenever he kills whenever she's talking to him or whatever. Um, She goes, you killed a pimp. and He's like, yeah, but that's not really a person. And I'm like, oh, this guy's just an asshole. Yeah. Like, this guy is just crazy. And I live by that uh, whenever we see him in death row. I'm sure you're about to get to this, but we see him on death row, like in his cell, drawing these really crazy looking pictures, like just with a pencil, just like all this crazy, surreal looking art. Never touch on that. They never talk about that again. They're just trying to show us as this dude's kind of just a like a bad guy, I guess. The more I think and walk myself through how they show us who Cal is, the more surprised I am that they made him a good guy in the end. Yeah. So he killed Um, a pimp and got put to death.
0: (laughs) His execution is faked by the Abstergo Foundation, which then takes him to their research facility in Madrid. He's told that the Templars are searching for the Apple of Eden in order to eliminate violence by using the Apple's code to control humanity's free will. Sophia, Alan's daughter and the head scientist, reveals that uh, Cal is a descendant of Aguilar, the last person to be in possession of the Apple again stupid yeah um she puts cal in the animus a machine which allows him to relive and the scientists to observe aguilar's genetic memory so that stergo can learn what so, he did so is apple.
1: this where we talk about the animus and like our honest opinions about the animus in the movie compared to the animus in the rest of the game It's gotta be i it's like be. i l- okay i like the idea of the animus that they tried going with here Specifically for the shots that they had where they started showing Cal and Aguilar reaching full synchronization. And I hate that they called it that. But whenever they saw them actually being in sync and like it kept intersplicing splicing them in various points in the shots, that was a really cool effect. And I liked that. Yeah. As a, the way that it was executed though, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Animus. Um, just because like it felt I don't know. Like I get, it's supposed to be movie and theatrical and like feel larger than life. But at the end of the day, it just kind of felt like, eh. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about, about the animus. Oh no, I just, <laughs> I, I still, I still hate that it leaves an assassin logo on the back of the neck. Like, the Templars should have seen that, been like, "Hmm, this is the en- This is the logo of our enemy for the past like two thousand years. Maybe we should make it like a cross or something instead." Um, but no. But no, they just left it as just just left it as an assassin logo. Like, how on the nose, you know? Like maybe they're like, "Oh,
0: here here's something we haven't ranted about that we missed." Oh. Um, the fact that. Um Aguilar had to cut off his finger to join the Assassins, which arguably also isn't canon. hmm Um Weird. And there's there's inconsistencies all throughout this movie because this is 1492. So as this is happening, like Desmond is in the middle of Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. Which means that he has uh all, like, the hidden blade has already been modified right. so that you don't need to cut off your finger. Now, I understand what you're saying. Did Leonardo da Vinci send uh, this news out to the Assassins and, like, the monthly Assassins newsletter? Okay, <laughs> I get that. I get that. Obviously, <laughs> Obviously I just, he didn't.
1: I I just love the idea of the assassins newsletter. Uh, this just in: this month's bounties are.
0: <laughs> Where so, is the
1: apple now?
0: Like the- <laughs> I I agree, and I think that that is is fine. Yeah. However, with that being said, the reason that the sacrifice of the finger was required is because the blade activated by kind of. Um, Pulling your, uh, fingers inwards, um, kind of think along the same lines as like Peter Parker's web shooters. There's something there on the palm that activates it. Right. Um, now he, Aguilar, however, when he uses his hidden blades and, um, Cal, who is also using Aguilar's hidden blades that they recovered from his tomb. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Oh yeah, didn't I think we mentioned this during the movie as well, that we had talked um, about it. I think I (laughs) brought.
0: It's a flick of the wrist backwards, which means that he had the new design, Mm -hmm. which means that he shouldn't have had to cut off his finger. Um,
1: see, I didn't know that originally with Altair's design, it was an inwards motion because I've never played the first game. So I've only ever known the Hidden Blade to be an outwards motion. Yeah. Or or with, in the case of Valhalla, a, a, over the thing, which yeah. I suppose that brings up the question of how uh, Eivor actually uses that, but that's a whole other thing.
0: Well, no, that that would make sense because he's actually flexing his muscles inward to make it happen. Oh, I guess it, it does. It just yeah, happens to be on... Because he's moving his
1: fist down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah so it sense. just happens to be on the top
1: Oh, that that's clever. I like that. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. That's a good design. This movie, not so much. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because that's part of Valhalla is that they're like, you have to make a sacrifice to the weapon. And he's like, why? You yeah. can just put it up on the top and do the same thing. It isn't going to cut off your <laughs> finger. And they're and like,
1: then, and then Hytham's like, and Basim's like, yeah, just okay, cool. That's fine. Also, I have a lot of thoughts about Basem, so I cannot wait until we get into a full-length talk about Valhalla, and that is coming soon. That's coming next month. Ugh. Anyway, we we still have a lot of time to talk about uh, the Assassin's Creed movie and why it's bad.
0: In 15th century Spain, Aguilar and his partner Maria are deployed to rescue Ahmed, who has been kidnapped by the Templar Grand Master. Uh, to coerce Ahmed's father, Sultan Muhammad the Twelfth, to surrender the apple, uh, they intercept the Templars, but are overpowered and captured by the Enforcer Ojeda. Uh, Cal is quickly pulled out of the Animus by Sophia. Um, Cal encounters other de- assassin descendants held captive at the facility most of whom are suspicious of his motives with the exception of lin the descendant of a 16th century chinese assassin known as xiao yun mm-hmm. and musa the descendant uh of an 18th century century haitian assassin who we know later betrayed the brotherhood uh named baptiste yeah uh
1: so the former person like i knew the latter person like didn't really look tr- like tried to be on uh Cal's good side or whatever tried to help him the first yeah. person there never saw them interact once yeah ever. that was that was never that was never described as something that was good there um, also uh, we kind of brushed over it because it wasn't bad the the fight sequence at the, during the beginning while we're while we're playing while, uh, while we're playing while we are seeing Aguilar um, that like fight sequence and like everything breaking out and like the suspense leading up to it was good I thought that was a good scene I thought that scene was compared to the rest of the movie. It was I had no problem
0: scene. with any of the action really. In no, this movie. all the that action was, was not really well.
1: Co- it was all really well choreographed. Um, it was just good. Uh, so if we don't talk about it again, just for reference, it's cause we liked it. I mean, that's really all we have to say is that the action was good. The rest of it was not. All right. Sorry. I keep um, getting it. It's us also
0: track. worth noting that, um, there are two more people, uh, who are at this facility that are of note. Yeah. Um, We have Emir, who is a descendant of Yusuf Tazim uh, from Revelations. Shout out to Yusuf. Uh, And Nathan, who is a descendant of Duncan Walpole, who is the assassin turncoat from the beginning of Uh, uh, Black Black Flag. Flag. Yeah. Which is a really interesting one to use. But this... I got
1: into it a lot in the in the actual watch along too, but it doesn't make sense that he's the descendant of Walpole. He should have been the descendant of literally any of the French assassins. Yeah. They, they made him so, so French. Yeah. And it's so weird. Like they didn't make him as a person French. They gave him the French hidden blade. They gave him the French silent dart. They gave him a rapier. Like, oh, so he's French. No, he's just Walpole. Is mm. Walpole French? I suppose that's something I should clarify. But I don't think he is. I think Walpole was American. No. No. Well, maybe. Google. Help. British. He was British. Okay. Literally doesn't make sense. Um,
0: um, I will say, this, I think, is the coolest thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. That they have people here who are descendants of minor characters to show that this really is a connected universe. Yeah awesome
1: yeah it's also really bad because then it because then that is the defining line between this game this movie actually being connected to the game because if they didn't they could have just written off the Rickens as like well I guess I guess Alan Rickon is technically like the main bad guy of the first few games so they couldn't whatever they did so yeah I mean it's really really cool like to tie it all in and like give us like an extended universe it just sucks that this movie is bad
0: um so Hal begins experiencing the bleeding effect.
1: Oh, God, that made me so mad. Uh, he was in the Animus for, what, five, ten minutes, I believe? And then he started experiencing vivid bleed effect where Aguilar was trying to murder him?
0: Yeah, and he had to fight himself. Here's my thing about that is that I hate to explain things away, ever, but this can be... Potentially explained away um, by the fact that since it is the animus where he's literally doing all of the things, it's more vivid or whatever.
1: Right. Like, I know one of us mentioned that during the walk watch along, I believe. I don't remember. I
0: think yeah, no, was that. that was my theory.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I think that makes sense. But it just. Yeah, it, it's
0: if, OK. It's it, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But, like, whenever we were playing the games, obviously, even at a speedrun pace, we're in the Animus for, like, an hour before the first bleed effect happens for, for Desmond. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess in that case it, like, makes sense. But usually, whenever you're playing the game, you're in the Animus for a couple of hours before you leave for the first time. So. Yeah. <sighs>
0: um, so, Cal and Sophia start to build a, a little bit of a bond and a rapport. Um back in the animus Aguilar and Maria are scheduled for an execution uh which is when, by the way when you were the most confused because the uh the Templar grand master goes on this uh huge monologue it's just entirely in Spanish and you're like what do you say and <laughs> the I'm Kona, just,
1: brother what the heck's going on <laughs> what in tarnation's happening over here I'm is this like, happening Oh, it's a burning. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that ain't good.
0: And I, at, during this, I said my favorite line to you and Nia's favorite line uh, of the entire episode, which was, he's saying Hitler stuff. Because <laughs> that's basically what that was. Right, right. So they... Um, Aguilar manages to free them. Uh, Which leads to a rooftop chase, which is the coolest sequence of the movie, and it's not even close. Uh Uh, And they end up escaping via a leap of faith. Um, Cal's mind reacts violently to the session, and he is temporarily paralyzed. Um, Cal learns that his father is also. Yeah. Yeah. Cal learns that his father is also at the facility, and he confronts his father. Uh, who you may know as Mad-Eye Moody Mm -hmm. of Harry Potter fame um, over his mother's death and because he's there conveniently Joseph Joseph, which by the way we watched this movie I don't remember this next part (laughs) Joseph informs him that the bleeding effect will allow Cal to possess Aguilar's combat abilities what? don't remember him saying that at all
1: we, we very well could have talked over it but like yeah you think that they would like mention it more than just a line which is what I think this is inferring like he mentions it for a sentence but also um. why would he say that like he's this is th- this interaction also had me kind of going crazy because this is the first interaction that a father and son have had in like decades right like l- almost literally 20 years or more at this point and this is 30. the first reaction yeah 30 years and it's just like uh, the, the reaction is oh so you're here to kill me and he's like you better give me a good reason not to and then he ends up not killing him and it's like okay cool I guess like whatever I have no connection I still don't have any connection to either of these characters
0: Um, he also learns that his mother was an assassin And she chose to die By Joseph's hand rather than be Forced into the animus Apparently at this point in time They had just developed the very first Animus technology And they were rounding up assassins And assassin descendants Um to be the first Subjects Right, And okay. she did not want that so she chose Death Um unconvinced, Cal vows to destroy the assassins by finding the apple for the Templars. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Alan is pressured by a Templar elder, Ellen Kay, to shut down the multi-billion dollar animus project because they've already won. She says, quote, people no longer care about their civil liberties. They're content to follow, which leads Sophia to question her father's true intentions. Um, Sophia is not aware of Of the underbelly of the Templars and the fact that the Templars are actually the bad guys, as far as she knows, the assassins are the bad guys and they're just trying to do the right thing for humanity,
1: right? She's just trying to stop violence. That's the entire premise of the uh, Templars order in her case is that she is trying to stop violence and stop and like stopping human free will or whatever is going to do that.
0: Reaffirmed by his encounter with his father, Cal willingly enters the Animus once again, whereupon Aguilar and Maria ambush a meeting between the Templar Grand Master and the Sultan. They succeed in killing the Templars and retrieving the apple, though Ojeda captures Maria in order to force Aguilar to surrender it. Instead, Maria chooses death and stabs herself on Ojeda's blade. Aguilar kills him and escapes through another leap of faith, the force of which causes the animus to violently malfunction. Um, maybe that's why we don't use Dr. Octopus arms for the animus.
1: Yeah. Um, Wow. Aguilar
0: gives the apple to Christopher Columbus, who promises to take it to his grave. I, uh,
1: I will, I will chime in here real quick. Uh, it's cool that they gave it to an actual historical figure. I, I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, Christopher Columbus at this point is, like, young. Why is he taking it to his grave? Like, when did Christopher Columbus die? I don't know. Um, the, the fact that the animus couldn't withstand two leap of faiths is laughable because it's multi-billion dollars at this point, And it's like, Oh, can't jump off a high ledge more than once or else it's broken. Like what?
0: Um, at this point, um, Christopher Columbus had already been to, um, America, America, and was getting ready to go back the next year. Right. Um, so he he's still he's already a, a big deal.
1: Yeah, well, and and that and that's true. But like, what what year does he die? History fifteen oh six. Okay, so he's so he's about to die at this he, point.
0: Then okay. he would he would have been forty one. He died at age like fifty four.
1: Okay. So like, uh, he had
0: just been elected governor of the Indies. Okay. Or appointed.
1: So, like, uh, I don't know. It's just—it's it, one of those things. It's like, oh, also, it's Christopher Columbus, because like, it's yeah. neat that they taught—they tied in a historical figure, but literally, we've never seen them communicate before. So, which makes sense because we only had an hour and a half of this atrocious movie.
0: Um, so the assassins, uh, that are all the um the descendants, uh, start a riot. In order to escape, Alan orders the facility purged, and Abstergo security kills Joseph and um, most of the other prisoners. The only ones that escape are um, Cal, Musa, and um, Lynn. Mm-hmm. Everybody else ends up dying. Yep. So now it's ghost time uh cow stands in the animus chamber and is met with the projections of a number of his assassin ancestors including aguilar um arno dorian for yeah. some reason
1: arno was there you pointed out arno and i was like that's cool why is he here is no she no etzio
0: no altair it
1: was um it, 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 it wasn't even the most recent game at that point the syndicate I, was the most recent game
0: I guess that means that Maybe the
1: mom is related to to Arno. Uh, Maybe she was well, French.
0: And then so the dad that, was that Spanish. Would
1: mean
0: either that or enough time passed in between the two that Arno is just a descendant of Aguilar.
1: Which would make sense. That could that could work.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's fair. Um but Either way, he's there, and then Joseph and his mother, and Sophia glimpses the projection of an assassin identical in appearance to her. Um, Persuaded by his mother, Cal embraces the Assassin's Creed. Ooh. Having fully assimilated Aguilar's memories and abilities, he joins Musa and Lynn in escaping the facility.
1: You know, Casey, I wish I could go in an animus for like half an hour and absorb all of the abilities of my ancestors. Uh, That sounds like a nice afternoon. Be like, oh, I, I, you know, I I may violently die, but I could learn how to play the guitar. That could be cool.
0: Yeah, no, that that would be pretty dope. Especially because I have my grandpa's guitar now. Right. (laughs) Um, Having retrieved the apple from Columbus's burial vault, uh, Alan and his followers converge at a ceremony at the Templar Sanctuary in London to celebrate their triumph. Inside the sanctuary, um, Sophia has words with her father. She's very upset about the fact that the Templars are actually totally evil.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So she ends up meeting with Cal. He has come to take the apple. She reluctantly... Allows him to act. Cal retrieves the apple. But kills Alan in doing so. And Sophia vows revenge. Against Cal. Uh, The assassins depart. Swearing to once again protect the apple. From the Templars. This is the end of the movie. And the ending makes me angry. Because. Did she expect to walk up. And give him. him Cal to just walk up. Give him a brisk handshake and a hug and be like hey i'm gonna take the apple they're assassins so right
1: right <laughs> and and she has learned all the stuff about how the templars are actually the evil ones she's seen herself in the assassins like literally seen her a person identical to herself and she's still like at the end of it all she's like i'm gonna I'm work with the templars and stop the assassins like what Oh, also, real quick, I just looked it up because I was interested and um yeah, Cal is a descendant of Arno Dorian. It just mentions it in his biography. Um it doesn't doesn't say where. Yeah,
0: that that would be the only way that he would be able to um view him in the animus.
1: Yeah. But but the yeah, I just don't know like how. <laughs> um Well, I I guess I guess Bonin. Arno
0: did some banging. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, I got distracted. I looked up, I looked up to see if there was a timeline of like, if uh, Aguilar had turned, um, had like gone to the, gone to France or something and grew up and like lived a life there or if something else, because it did say that Arno had descended from a uh prod, prodigal line of assassins. So like it very well could have been well, that's what I'm going to go with. That's my headcanon. Uh, I'll probably look it up and be wrong later, but Okay, so that's the end of the movie. She was just like we we kill we kill the doctor, right? Which is cool. And then there there's a couple of smoke. We see a cool knife swallowing scene. That was dope. Yeah, pretty dope. Um, and then we kill then we kill the doctor, and then they escape. Like nobody nobody does anything. They just there's like two smoke bombs, and it suddenly makes every armed person in that room unavailable to do anything, which is yeah. wild. Which, I also love how. I'm fairly certain that Cal walked through the metal detector room after all the guards had left, which begs the question, what's the point of all the metal detectors? Because he had his hidden blade. Because that's what he killed them with. So it's like, also, every single one of those metal detectors was going off the entire time. What's the point?
0: (sighs) Yeah. I just... So... In March 2016, Daphne Yang, CEO of the film's Taiwanese co-financier, stated that New Regency was looking to turn the film into a franchise since it is, quote, based on successful Ubisoft games and would make ideal sequels. Two additional films were planned, with the first sequel having entered development during the production of the initial film. Um, they were going to explore the Cold War in the sequel, However, in the wake of acquisition of 21st Century Fox's assets by Disney, the sequels, together with multiple film adaptations of video games, were canceled. Which I have mixed feelings about.
1: Like, thank goodness that we don't have to watch another one of these films. But also, Cold War Assassin's Creed sounds dope.
0: Yeah, not only that but I also I feel like by the end of I feel like this if they had continued with these movies they could have had the syndrome of Assassin's Creed 1 the game not being the best but then after that you get excellence Mm -hmm. I feel like they could have um. Really, been like, hey, now the world is set up. Now we can play around in it, right? Which would be something that appealed to me. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't meant to be, I guess. Um. Raven, thoughts on the movie overall?
1: I. I didn't like it. Which I think mm. is the worst thing I've ever said about a movie in my life.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: I just every time I've the only other movie that has the privilege of being disliked by me that I've seen is salt. If, if anybody remembers that movie, mm-hmm. um, it's also salt is actually probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Cause I fell asleep in the theater. Um, at least this movie had enough of a quality to keep me like awake enough to like, well,
0: besides the fact that we were openly laughing at it the entire right, night, it was interesting
1: enough for me to at least like keep conscious. I guess Cal Cal killed a pimp. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you could sum up the movie perfectly there because Cal Calum Lynch, which stupid name by the way, Callum Lynch was put In on death row there. for killing a pimp. He was then saved by the Templar order to work for them but then turned on them once the ghost of his mother told him not to I think is an eloquent way of just summarizing all most of my problems with this movie in a sentence it's just nonsensical and doesn't and like it tries to take itself seriously but there's also like haha a couple funny jokes that just don't fit at all with any themes of any of the any of this movie it's just bad
0: Ugh. Well, I will agree with you. It's a it's bad. It's a very bad movie, but I do have good news. Oh, I have very good news. Oh, next week. Uh-huh. We get to go back to talking about video games.
1: Not only video games. We get to talk about Assassin's Creed Origins, which is. and I am
0: so excited to talk about that game. It's It's a good one. It's a a real good one. And we will see you then. Thank you so much for listening and downloading and uh, just having some fun with us every single week. Twice a week, be looking for a new episode of Knit Pixels on Monday here in just a couple of days. Got some uh, interesting stuff we're going to be talking about on that. I assume Mm -hmm. we we have we haven't started compile but uh, we're it's going to be interesting it always (laughs) is interesting in the gaming industry uh my name is Casey Johnson his name is Raven Stadmiller and until next week go out and brighten someone's day
1: and don't watch the Assassin's Creed movie
0: or watch it once that's what I would say watch it once to get rid of it
1: uh yeah sure